Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis. I'm the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and the co-founder of the Journal That Talks Back. You have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast, and today is Fridays with Fernie. Fernie, welcome back. Yay. Thank you for having me. So what are we talking about today? What do you have on your agenda? All right. So today we have a case um, that actually somebody sent in. So thank you. Um, Today's case is about a little boy named Max um, and his parents. So this little boy is four years old and he really looks up to his father, his father, who is someone that sells gun parts. So this little boy loves playing with guns, um, like toy guns, but you know, his father takes him shooting to some ranges, um, up North, uh, shooting discs and stuff at ranges and targets. Um, so this little boy loves playing with guns, uh, but there are some rules in the house. He's not allowed to ever shoot at people, whether that is with a Nerf gun, a toy gun, or with any sort of fake pretend gun. He is never allowed to point at people, and especially not his younger brother. So he has these rules in the house, and he's generally pretty respectful. But one day they're playing Nerf, and um, this little boy shoots at his brother, and the little brother starts to cry. I mean, it is just a Nerf gun, but the brother is young and he starts to cry. And mom comes into the room and coddles, you know, the little boy, of course, um, and tells Max to apologize. But Max kind of just runs away and keeps playing. And the mother doesn't know what to do. How do you properly um, teach Max like yelling and screaming probably isn't going to be super helpful, but how do you properly teach Max that, you know, guns are really dangerous and whether it's pretend or not, like if she takes the gun away, which she's tried, he just creates a new gun. You know, anything can be reimagined into a gun, be it the spine of a book or even your fingers. Um, So she wants to help portray the gravity of the situation to Max, but she doesn't know how her, her, his, his father is really his, his role model. Yeah. Um, So I have a strong opinion about guns, especially guns for children. And so perhaps I will not be so biased in this conversation. Um, But from my perspective, I would never give a four-year-old anything that is a dangerous instrument, right? I wouldn't have them walking around the house with a knife. I wouldn't have them walking around the house with a gun even if it's a Nerf gun. And so from my perspective, these are things that I wouldn't um, have around my home for my children. In this particular case, the son, Max, was told, you know, you're not allowed to shoot at people. He did. I think it's a good idea to remove the gun. Now, when he uses his finger or the book spine as a pretend gun, let him do that, right? Using a pretend gun isn't dangerous but I would also not give any attention to that action or the activity. So when he's using a pretend gun, I wouldn't say don't do that because what you're doing is you're focusing on the very thing that you don't want him to do. And so what I would do in that moment is point his attention elsewhere, give him reinforcement when he's doing something else, when he's playing somewhere else. Right. So, So if he's shooting a gun, pew, pew, pew at his brother, I would literally hand him something. So now his hand is busy. He can't shoot guns if there's something in his hand. 
right? And so the idea is to focus on what you want for your children, not focus on what you don't want for your children. It's not about reprimanding him. He understands. I mean, you've told him this is not a good idea. You've hurt your 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 brother. We can't hurt our our siblings. We can't hurt anybody in this house. So this is not a safe toy. We're going to remove the toy that's unsafe. That's it. Here's a different toy. Here's a ball. Here's a pencil. Here's a whatever. An Etch-a-Sketch for those of you who remember that one. I know for young people, that's not cool anymore. But the idea is to um, introduce new toys, new excitements, new things that they can concentrate on and focus there. So, you know, I think in this case, and I remember this client particularly well, she said, well, what if he, you know, takes a train and bashes it over my kid's head? Like a toy train. Yeah, I got it. Again, if he cannot play safely with those toys, those two toys need to be removed. And I'm not a big fan of punishment or removal, but I'm a big fan of natural consequences. And safety is a natural consequence. Hurting someone with something isn't allowed. If you were to hurt someone in the streets with something, they would maybe, you know, have to go to jail for that. And so we're not putting our children in jail, but we're definitely removing the object that they are seeking for that purpose. That's a very, very natural consequence. And in the case of trying to teach your kids, you know, different things, you know, he's four years old, introduce new toys, be super creative, play with him, you know, search up different kinds of games, activities you can do with your children and do those things instead. And so don't focus so much on telling him not to point a gun, even a fake gun to someone. Focus instead on replacing that activity or that focus of attention with something completely different. Something that makes them laugh, something that brings them joy, something that uh, stimulates the brain, something interesting, anything else. And now the question is, if you take that toy away, let's say you take away that Nerf gun, do you ever give it back? Do you ever um, give them a second chance? Yeah. I mean, again, for me, not a fan of guns in the house. So for me, it would be a hard no. Um, in her case, you know, if it's a train, let's say, and they're using the train to beat up the brother uh, and the child asked for the train back, I would say, here are the conditions. You can play with the train if you play with it safely. So I wouldn't say, don't hit your brother with a train. I would say, play with it safely. And I would give them a second chance. And if that's not doable, then again, that piece of equipment gets removed. Um, But when kids are behaving in an aggressive manner, I'm interested in the reason why. I'm interested in what they're really looking for, what they're really seeking. And very often, they're really looking for attention. They're looking for something that they feel is absent. And so in the case of a child who is, again, even using a train to try to beat up the brother, I would definitely try to spend some one-on-one time with that child, spend time reading with them, spend time you know, playing with them, walking with them, cooking with them, whatever it is, doing a little bit more one-on-one with that child. That child is acting out in a way that says, I am looking for something from the world and I need you to help me get it. And so I would definitely uh, increase my attention on that child in appropriate ways and continue to focus on telling the child what I'm looking for. 
So there's a theory, it's it's a 40-40-20 principle. And so what you want to do is 40% of the time, give your kid love for absolutely no reason. Tell them they're awesome. Tell them they're great. And just express how much you're so happy to have them in your life. The other 40% you want to use as a reinforcement. So when they're doing something good, like being kind to the brother, you say, Max, I love the way you, you know, uh, helped your brother with the drink that he was drinking. That shows that you're really a kind boy. So you want to reinforce positive behavior and you want to save the last 20% for correction. We call that negative communication. And if you don't, it's it's amazing. Parents don't realize. And actually the parent who sent in this question, we ran a bit of an experiment. And I said, how many times do you give your child instruction in a day? I think it was over 60 times in a day. So imagine you are that child and someone's constantly telling you what to do. Hmm. Right. Don't stand up. Don't go. Don't hit your brother. You know, all the things. And telling you what to do being like, eat your food, do this, do that. That includes that. That is included in negative communication. Yes, exactly. But is that a negative thing to, to tell them to, you know, eat their food or it's not a negative thing, but if it's all of your communication, then it turns into a negative thing. Mm. And so you want to be conscious of how you're communicating with your kids and start to pay attention to how often you're giving them instruction. Even if it sounds like neutral instruction, go put your socks on Mm. and think about it from your perspective. Imagine if someone in your life was constantly telling you what to do. Would you enjoy it? Not particularly. Not particularly. So the same thing applies for kids. And so you want to be conscious of the messaging you're giving your kids and save your instruction, your correction, that kind of thing. For only when necessary, 20% of the time. And how do you, how do you make that jump? I mean, if someone who is always like 60 times in a day is a lot, especially if the kid goes to school, I don't know if he's in kindergarten, but that's a lot. How do you make that jump from, you know, 60 times in a day to 20% of your communication? Yeah. I I think the first thing you do is you literally count. And you become conscious of what you're doing. Because I think parents think, and by and large, they think their jobs are to make sure the kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, go brush your teeth, go eat breakfast, go do all the things. Their real job is to love their children and be role models for their children and not use their children as the reason for being grumpy or you know, bossy or upset all the time. Do you think people often do that? Yes, unconsciously, not on purpose. For parents, it's very, very important for them to dramatically increase their awareness of how they're communicating with their kids most of the time. And once you have that awareness, then and only then can you start to make small adjustments. Makes sense. And so if you were to give this mother, excuse me, if if you were to give this mother one last piece of advice, what would it be? It would be really, uh, for starters, with the guns, I would say remove the guns. If he's not able to play with the gun safely, remove the gun. And 
keep telling your child what you were looking for as opposed to what you're not. And remember that 40, 40, 20 rule. You know, very often we tell our kids, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, instead of telling them what you want to see. So tell them what you want to see. But is that not also instruction? Yes, 20%. (coughs) 20%. Exactly. So I love the parenting questions. Please keep sending them in. Uh, I've had a lot of experience with my own kids. I've had five of them. Two of them are my own. Three of them are my stepkids. And so I've had a ton, a ton of years of experience behind me learning the do's and don'ts of parenting. Uh, It's absolutely one of my favorite subjects. And so please continue sending them in. Hope that you learned something from this episode. Thank you, Fernie, for this amazing case. For those of you who are listening, if you have a case that you want to share with us, please send it our way. Fernie, how do they reach you? Please email me. So my email is Fernie Cotliar. That's F-E-R-N-E-K-O-T-L-Y-R at live.com. And if you have a challenge that you want to discuss and see if coaching might help, please reach out to me. It's Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Please check us out on the website as well frameofmindcoaching.com. And if you have a young person in your world that could benefit from some coaching, go to the journal that talks We will see you next week. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.